0: Greetings, sovereigns, and welcome. Welcome to another helpful, informative and always mind expanding podcast from the Sovereign Needs Podcast. We have the lovely Ima Sequoia Bell with us from the House of Bell. And you know, today we want to explore homeschooling. And she is the expert here today. She will be bringing all of her knowledge with us, Um, and, you know, this is in honor of just May and May being, yes, it's a secular celebration, Mother's Day is in May, but the one reason that we're doing all of this is to make sure when you go back and you look at our, listen to our podcast and you look at our videos, I want you to see that there is, you know, we have a, a large group of or pieces of information that we pulled together from various mothers who are experts in their field so that you can actually come back to that database and utilize it over and over and over again. So I just want to welcome in Emma Sequoia. Emma Sequoia, tell us about yourself.
1: Greetings. Peace, everyone. My name is Emma Sequoia. Um, I'm a wife and a mother, um, and I've been homeschooling for about 10 years now. Um currently I have a crochet course that is out right now and um I'm really into like entrepreneurship or in, diving more into entrepreneurship and um yeah so
0: <laughs> do you so tell me um you know how did you get started um in terms of um homeschooling right and making sure that education um and- edification begins at home and isn't doesn't just begin at home and then you know it's siphoned off to the public school system or a uh, uh, private school or even a charter you are manning the education piece at home what inspired that move um how does it support your family based on your family's vision and purpose and you know how does that support your youth
1: Yeah, um, well, I, um, well, my children, they never been to public school at all. So I made the decision that I wanted to um, homeschool um, when my oldest child was very, very young. Um, but definitely the homeschooling it starts you know before they turn three or four before they go to preschool. So I was always teaching my son like how to read and things like that. So that's why he's ten years old, and that's why I always say I've been homeschooling for ten years because as soon as they're they're born, that's when the education starts and. Um, what inspired me to, what inspired my family to, uh, go the homeschool route is because, um, we just began to do like some research and things like that. And we came to, you know, uh, the conclusion that, um, a lot of the children, they don't learn like about their history and things like that. They don't learn about who they are, you know, as a people. And so we really wanted to, you know, homeschool so that they can learn that as their first, you know, um, uh, educational foundation, you know, that they learn exactly, like, who they are, where they come from, as opposed to just learning the story of, you know, you were a slave, and that's the first thing you learn about your history, so um, that was the, the main reason, and just being able to have full control over um, the development of their mind, you know, there were certain things um, in the public school system that we did not agree with. Um, as far as like structure, (laughs) just a lot of like little things, you know, the fact that you have to raise your hand to go to the restroom and things like that, where it's like, we feel like a child should be able to go to the restroom anytime they need to, you know, uh, release, you know, (laughs) so, um, there's just little things like that. And we just, you know, feel like, you know, we want to have, you know, control over this aspect, you know, so those are some of the main reasons why we chose to go to homeschool route. Right.
0: So later on, I'll ask you a little bit because I know there's a, a lot of pushback um, from some, because I was an educator for many years in the public school system. Um, and I loved every minute of it because I, 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 I got to infuse a whole lot into their curriculum and I liked doing it. <laughs> kind of like get an opportunity to kick the door. In. But um, when it comes to socialization, um, and emotional uh, interaction and learning emotional cues and so on. I know there's always that argument. I hear it all the time because I would literally argue with other educators and colleagues about the value of homeschooling. Because even yeah. though I a educator, I still understood the value and still understand the value of homeschooling schooling and how imperative it is, especially if you're nation building and you're really focusing on community building, right? Very important. Um, what would you say and how do you balance that social aspect and social dialogue, conversation, emotional intelligence, and building that social environment or that social understanding, social intelligence within your youth while being homeschooled?
1: Yeah, that's such an important question. It's a question that a lot of people talk about um, when they've questioned, you know, our decision to homeschool as well. Like, well, how are they going to meet friends? How are they going to socialize and things like that? And definitely that aspect is Really, really important. And, um, we do believe in community. You know, that is really important. And it's just more responsibility on the parents to create that community that they want their children to be a part of and be involved in. Um, I'll say one of the ways that we deal with it is definitely putting the children into different programs and opening them up to experiences where they can um, meet other children and meet other teachers so they can get a different perspective, you know, outside of just their parents. So that's really important. And also you get to, um, cater to the homeschool, you know, uh, the homeschooling, you know, um, experience, you know, for your children. So like, um, if my oldest son, he's interested in martial arts, then he can go on that avenue and meet friends and meet different people in that, you know, scenario. And then my youngest, he's interested in like building cars. Okay. So he'll go, you know, um, the engineering route, you know, learning about coding and, and things like that. And he'll meet. You know, other little because they have like programs with children, you know, as young as five, you know, learning how to code and things like that. So um, getting them involved in different programs like that is a way that I look at, you know, they can meet people and meet friends and socialize and as well as um, also. You know, this is where like the holistic aspect comes into play. <laughs> Cause I had it, you know, written down. There's so many different elements to health, like physical, emotional, social. Um, there's so many different aspects. And when it comes to like the social element, you also have to look at like, okay, um, the parents lifestyle as well. You know, what type of friends do they have? Uh, what does their social life look like? What are they, what are they doing in the community? And then so you look at things holistically. You know, and so whatever the parents is doing, the children will fall into, you know, that environment as well. And they also will meet the parents, you know, social circle and the children that's in that circle as well. So it's definitely, you know, it's holistic, you know, definitely that social aspect is definitely important. And um one of the things with like um going to public school. Sometimes there's so many different cultures, <laughs> so the children are exposed to so many different ways of living, and sometimes they come back with ID. And you're like, where'd you get that from? And they're like, "Oh, this child told me." Like, you're like, "Oh man, like, okay." So now we're gonna have to sit down and talk about that, and so we don't have to deal with that as much. But um, there are some instances like when we go to the park and things like that, they'll pick up something, and I have to have a conversation with them you know, about how it's different from our culture and things like that. Not to convince them that our way of living is the best or anything like that, but just to educate them like, okay, well, that's another person's culture. You know, they do different things. And just to educate them, you know, not sway them, you know, because I do want them to come to their own conclusions with things. So hopefully that answers the question.
0: Of course it does. Of course it does. You also write a lot of my experiences. I, I am an adult and I have been flabbergasted, uh, baffled, and also put into silence by just observing some of the mixing or the variety of cultures that you're exposed to when you sit in the classroom, right? And there's so many minds in front of you, not just cultural, cultural differences that, um, become the big issue, but the varying differences in capacity, like intellectual capacity, comprehension, and this is not a, like to any student, because there are varying types of intelligences, right? There's musical intelligence, um, spatial awareness, you know, linguistic versus you know what is what is considered scientific so so there's so many differences um and i know it might be easier for you to actually work with youth at home um because you have less you're not looking at 30 you know pairs of eyes staring back at you and you have 15 different variations in levels and potential and so on you know how does that work to your advantage and how does it work to the advantage of your youth? Right. Meaning I'm sure they have areas and niches that they really want to explore. As you said, one wants to probably go into engineering. How do you balance that um, so that you could give them the full experience of exploring their interests um, at home? Um, well, I kind of like set uh, set aside
1: time to focus on, you know, each child. So this is where like the holistic aspect comes in once again, because sometimes, um, well, not sometimes, but all the time, like the relationship that I have with each child is different. So when I'm engaging with one child, like I'll focus on that child's interest, just like if you're like meeting a friend. So I will talk about the things that he likes and I'll just listen and have a conversation with him, see what it is that he likes and what he likes to talk about. And then, you know, we'll go on a journey together. So he may he may come to a question like, oh, I wonder about this. And I'm like, OK, there's a lesson okay so let's and then we'll go to the computer it's like okay let's go look this up and while he's over there exploring and looking up and trying to find an answer to that question I'll go to the to little one you know to my youngest son or middle middle child and see what it is that he's doing and have a conversation with him and he'll talk to me about something different like oh well look at all these cars I painted can I paint some more cars and this and that so it's like okay you're interested in cars and like okay what else you want to do and sometimes he's like I don't know what I want to do So that's when it's like, okay, we have to explore more education. I have to expose him to more information because he doesn't know um, what to do. So then that's my cue to like, okay, broaden his mind and broaden my mind as well. Like sometimes I don't know, like I'm not first or, you know, in every single subject. So there's some things that I don't know. So I really like advocate for like, you know, parents that want to homeschool you know, don't get discouraged, you know, because you're not a teacher or you don't have the education, but just look at it as like, okay, life is a, a learning experience. So if you don't know something, you go on a learning journey with that child and you learn together as opposed to saying, okay, I'm not, I can't teach you this because I don't know. It's like, no, learn together because you're learning something new and he will be learning something. And your child will be learning something new. So, um, that's kind of how I balance it. Um, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so what are some of the takeaways? Because I know you came prepared to share all of this information with us, and I have all these questions. So never mind my questions. You know, what is it that you want us to walk away from after listening to this podcast or looking at this video exchange? Um, what do you want us to really walk away from, from this um, ex- in terms of homeschooling?
1: Um. my apologies you, you kind of broke up just a little bit oh. um I interrupted um <laughs> uh, you're clear now um but i would say one of the biggest takeaways i would say is have a goal you know have a goal for your family because a lot of times when people want to homeschool they don't know where to start they're like i don't know where to st-. they'll ask you know other people questions like where do i start which which curriculum do i uh tap into you know, um, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it just makes me sit back, okay, you know, this family hasn't uh created a goal, you know, because every family is different what someone else says for you. It might be something that you're totally like, huh. I don't know if I would want to do that or, you know, so it's like, okay. Um, there are some families who incorporate religion and incorporate faith into their curriculum. They, they teach, they read the Bible. And some families may be like, okay, well, we're not a, a religious family. So they may not um, go that route. So I would definitely say cater your homeschool curriculum to your culture and and what your family does. Um, because like, for example, you may be teaching about science and sometimes in in public school, the children are not able to tie in like the relevance of it. So like if you're teaching like let's say you're teaching about geology, you learn about rocks. The child will be like, <laughs> like how does this relate to you know, my life? But if you're living a certain culture where it's like it's a it's a journey and it's a life experience, then for me like if I'm teaching um um geology about rocks or I'm teaching about uh chemistry and things like that the different elements then I can easily tie that into another subject because it's holistic so that that'll um you know bring us into nutrition so I can tie in like those elements and how it's in different food because I, I have my children ask like oh irons and food and they like how did you get that element inside of a food and then you have to talk, you know talk about that and it's like okay but um you know, definitely, you can definitely cater the homeschool environment, the learning experience, you know, to what makes sense. So just making every lesson make sense to life, you know. Um, biggest takeaway, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know, when you're teaching. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, there are a lot of lessons in many different scenarios and many different situations. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a broad, Thing. That's why I say holistically, because when you say homeschooling, you're not just at home. Like sometimes you're in different environments. Sometimes you're traveling. Sometimes they're at their grandma's house and, you know, different things like that. So it's like, you're not just at home. Um, exploring and going on, you know, different, uh, field trips, you know, that's really important. You don't have to just go on a field trip, you know, um, infrequently. You can go every, every week, you know, every strong. You know, um, so you yeah, definitely having a goal for why you're homeschooling. You know, um, many mothers, many parents,
0: they have different
1: reasons for why they choose to homeschool. Some people just don't like what's going on and they pull their child out. Some people, um, children develop like uh, learning disabilities. And sometimes I've heard parents say, like, OK, they didn't agree with how the child was being treated or what they've been diagnosed with. And so they'll pull the child out and say, well, I'm going to homeschool. Or the child's having uh, behavioral issues and they pull the child out of public school. So, you know, if they have those type of, you know, reasons, then maybe they will cater their homeschool curriculum to like, okay, we're going to focus on the emotional development aspect. You know, we're going to, you know, learn about the child's feelings and emotions and we're going to, you know, cater our homeschool curriculum to that. Um, For me, I think it's really, really important to um, involve like the emotional aspect it's so important for children to learn how to express how they feel you know um and also the parents developing that connection with their children you know that's so so important you know like it's okay to open up to your child and say okay I'm feeling like this today and they get to ask you questions like oh well why are you feeling that way or they get to use what it is that you're teaching them on you so it is about you know establishing those relationships as well with the children it's not separate like you go over there you learn and I'm over here you know so that's another big takeaway as well um you know focus on the child don't ever you know push them away like when they have questions and be like okay I don't have time for that or I'm not interested always show an interest in and what they're interested if you don't have time you know always let them know that we'll come back to it you know just treat them as individuals because they're going to grow up to be adults one day and they're going to remember like how you treated them, you know, if you took an interest in them. So I would say like just developing that relationship is so, so important, you know, because you can always, if you don't learn something, you can always learn it as an adult. You can always learn it later on. So, you know, it's <laughs> no, there it shouldn't be so much stress around like okay they gotta learn this they gotta learn that they will learn it <laughs> there's some things I'm like okay my child's taking a long time to learn how to read and I'm like I don't know why like but he knows how to read but it's like the whole time it's like it's boring he told me it's boring <laughs> you know it's very boring but I'll see him read something I'm like okay so this whole time you're pretending like you don't know how to read but it's just because you're you're bored so I was like okay how can I make reading more excited, I was like, okay, we go somewhere and we read signs. Maybe that would be more interesting than just you know sitting down practicing phonics. So you get to be you know really creative with homeschooling. So that's another takeaway, you know, cater to your
0: children, cater to what y'all like, make it fun,
1: <laughs> you know, right. make it fun,
0: make it, make, it fun. Mm-hmm. make it fun, make it fun. You know, I want to go all the way back to because you're giving you're giving so much beautiful, oh. good, strong. Um gems. I'm like I'm typing too. <laughs> okay. So, um, you you we could go back to the idea of elements, right? And even then, that becomes a whole hiking experience. That becomes a whole experience. We go to the park. Now we start talking about well. What type of rock do we see around here, like that's important because how do you not how do you enjoy your environment but not even know how to deconstruct what's in your environment if you're jumping on a boulder, well, let me know what's in the boulder. all these shiny specks that you see is it mica? what is it? These are all directly connected to elements that you could explore um, some rocks have iron in them and it makes them have a, a red color you know so it's really important to think about. Um, like you said, homeschooling, it is holistic. It is a complete experience and not segmented. And, you know, it's interesting um, as a teacher, my lens, with my lens, I can see how the holistic, there's an attempt to create an experience of holistic education within the school or the classroom, so to speak, because there's this, Now, it it requires a whole lot of teachers integrating um, some of the lessons and integrating all of these things. The problem is integrating ideas is very organic. You can structure it as much as you want. It's important. Sit down, write a lesson plan, decide, okay, we're going to go to Um, We're going to learn about elements and then we're also going to do nutrition, but, and we're going to learn about how iron is present here in physical form, but also in your food in a different form. Um, And then we're going to do an experiment to see which foods actually have iron in them. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole educator thing. But the beauty of what you're saying is it is as simple as being able to engage in your everyday journey and identify how those topics seamlessly flow in and out of your daily experience and you're able to pull the child aside and say, but you asked about iron, here is another aspect of iron. Here's where we can find iron again. And they may not have a notepad, they may not have a, but they do have this, like they're recalling, uh, you know, and this is where the questions come. So it is very different. I I have a question about so so there's a reason I made a comment on that because now I want to pull you to the idea of standards and I'm a standards person even though I I am 100% running toward the homeschool team I am homeschool 100% of the way but I guess as an educator sitting in the classroom and working with students and seeing how Those checklists of standards are really crucial because they can really help you see where the gap is, you know, like where is that, that, that space. As you said, you know, hey, you didn't realize all this time you could read, like you were there scheming, because you could read, but you just, it's boring. It just means that the reading has to be relevant. So you like cars, you like painting cars. I'm going to buy you paint, but you got to be able to read the labels on the paint. You gotta be able to read what is the best type of paint to paint on the wall, to paint on canvas. Um, you have to be able to read about the different types of cars. You know, what makes this one this way, what is it what types of engines do they have? But reading is required for that. So if you do like those things then that's how you gain knowledge about it. You read. Um, although YouTube is there, so all the audio is is, is, is pretty much there. You have to we have to find ways and means to engage them. But my question really is about um, standards and how you use standards. Because if you use standards, you can kind of see where there's a gap and if there's a gap at all. Because you know, okay, he's hitting these things. My child is hitting all of these benchmarks, right? Right? So if he's hitting those benchmarks, then I'm not worried about whether he can read or write. So my question let me get to the question how do you use standards if you use them at all not a curriculum the standards which are benchmarks that every child should know yeah I um I researched and I
1: kind of print out like standards for like each you know age groups for what they should know and I occasionally go to it and look at it and see like have they met this have they met that I don't tell the children but I just kind of look at it for myself like okay and if I go across a standard i'm unsure about is he good at this are they good at this i'll go and test them out (laughs) you know and when they like as i'm like oh okay so they have developed that you know as you were saying like sometimes like when they learn one thing they're learning many other things and even though i haven't like had like a specific lesson teaching them you know and seeing if they meet a certain standard sometimes they just they have met it you know sometimes i don't i don't realize it because they maybe met it just through you know their learning experience they picked it up somehow um like for my uh middle, uh child he um even though he was saying reading was boring he wrote like really well like he can write the words i'm like how is it that you're <laughs> writing but you don't want to read so he he liked to to write you know, yeah. so I was like, okay, well, I'll print out worksheets for you to write, the first word he wrote was car, and I was just like, look, mom, I know to write car, I'm like, so that means you know how to read yeah. if you're writing yeah, so I was like it was just really interesting, like, how like, you think there's a certain order you know, for where, how they're supposed to learn like, okay, you learn the phonics first, that's that's what I thought. like, okay, you learn how to read first I'm not going to skip to writing, you have to learn how to read and sound out letters, but for him, you know, because he was like lagging he's like oh you know I'm just gonna sit here and just say the wrong word so I was like okay I had to try some different things I was like okay let's grab the paper you know I don't know if you know how to write you know but let's see what you do you know and I just print out some letters and he just started like writing you know I was like oh okay so when they say like children have like different learning styles sometimes they write they read they listen they like to like hear audio or they like to see things and that's also another you know, another aspect I get to watch, like, okay, this child likes to write, you know, so maybe we'll do more writing when it comes to practicing certain things, so if I want to test them on something, I'll have them write something, and this child likes to
0: be hands-on, so
1: then maybe we'll do some hands-on things, even though, you know, they all have to be incorporated, but yeah, definitely having those um, standards, I definitely print them out, and I refer back to it, you know, every once in a while to see where they are, and sometimes they are they there's sometimes they're like more advanced in, in certain standards like they'll be really high in certain things and it's like okay that's that had to get real high you know they're like grade middle school level here but then here they're somewhere else so it's, it's real interesting um it's real interesting like uh, my 10 year old like he knows how to read at a level that I feel like it's like middle school you know like 13 14 like he knows how to read you know certain words that I haven't taught him yet and I'm like okay so he just like picks it up just by like reading and you know a couple of times that he got the word you know so it's just it's just real interesting to see where they're what they're good at you know
0: just by sitting back and watching as well right and and charging him because I remember for the audience um We were engaged in a workshop, and um her youth was reading and he actually edited something that he was reading on the screen in the moment i don't know if you helped him i don't think it it was that I was like, oh, this, as an educator that's that's he's augmenting the sentence so it is correct before he even reads it aloud right that's a that's a level of processing and comprehension. That is an advanced skill. So I thought I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) that was really, really good. So how do you use, when you use that standard, you take a glimpse at it, you see "Mm, they're not meeting the standard, but they're meeting these. How do you, what are the tactics? Because the strategy is that they must function at or above these standards for you, Um. But what are the tactics that you employ now to ensure that they're meeting or they get to meet and master the standards that you find there they are gaps in? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll just study, like, or see where
1: they're struggling at. Like, for example, like, my oldest son, like, even though he's he's reading, sometimes he doesn't comprehend, you know, what he's reading. And then when it comes to, like, you know, speaking, um, a main idea you know, I'm like, OK, he has difficulty like summarizing stories and what it is that he's talking about. So I'll go. Um, I have different websites that I go to and they have like different um, uh, subject categories. And I get to print out like different worksheets that he can work on. So I'll go in and go to reading comprehension and print out, OK, we need to work on main ideas. And I'll print that out and I'll sit there and see like, OK yep, this is the correct worksheet, because now that I see where he's struggling, he's like, oh, I'm having a hard time, I'm like, yes, <laughs> you, know? Uh-huh. you know, we found, you know, this is what you need to practice, you know, so I'll go, and um, yeah, I have different websites I'll go to, I'll print out different worksheets, and so they, he can practice more, they can practice, so that's, mm-hmm. that's the tactic that I use, more practice. <laughs> more
0: practice, have you um tried, and I asked because I noticed my students enjoyed doing mini videos. a matter of fact, when we said you all get to create your own play drama and do videos, the cameras came out and everybody was just like absolutely going crazy to do work that they were, they abhorred before. So yeah. <laughs> well, um, this may help, but um, a wonderful tactic might be also to give him the opportunity to record himself
1: summarizing
0: those stories because well some children those who enjoy video and camera and working because it's it's really it's not about the activity for them it's really about working the camera that's what it's <laughs> so, uh, oh my goodness. This is so good you I, to what the end i want you to share if you would like um, some of the resources that you use toward the end. You don't have to do it now. Um, but it seems as if you are quite resourceful in pooling, um, you know, on various documents and, and so on. Um, do you find yourself having to spend money in order to gather resources or do you predominantly utilize resources that are um free?
1: Uh, I predominantly or dominantly use resources that are free because, <laughs> um, yeah, like you need a lot of resources when homeschooling, like pencils, crayons, because they, they go missing for whatever reason. So if I can spend less <laughs> on <laughs> curriculum, then that's the route that I go. I don't I don't know what happens to them, but they just go. I'm like, what? I just bought some pens. What What happened to all of them, you know? So, (laughs) you know, yeah, free is definitely the way that I go. I found a lot of like free, you know, resources as far as like um, printing out worksheets. So I do have like my top uh, two favorites that I go to all the time. Um, But there are some times where I do want to invest, you know, funds and maybe like a specific program that I want them to take or, you know, things like that. But, predominantly free free
0: resources so predominantly free resources not and I, I say that because I don't want to tell you how much I <laughs> have spent on, you know digital resources but the beautiful thing is I have all of them um and I can use them whenever I need to and I've shared them so many times so that's the good thing about that um early on there there is there's just so much to talk about. Um it is four oh one, so we're gonna wrap up soon. For those of you all who are listening, yes, I just gave a time <laughs> a time check <laughs> because we can talk and talk about homeschooling and education for so long. Early on you mentioned um and I wanted to get back to it, setting a goal or setting goals. And I want to ask because we're both part of ANU. And ANU really identifies that families must have missions in place. So if there's a family mission, right, speaking to all families, not just ANU families, all families who embrace the idea of having a coat of arms, having something that is a representation of your whole family and what they do and how they function in their community, right, Um, and a mission is in place, how do you suggest um, a mother would go about making or developing goals? Will those goals be de- separate from the mission, or should those goals incorporate the as- major aspects of the mission?
1: Um, those goals definitely incorporate the mission. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely all tied in together. So, like, the, the mission is, is more broad. You know, like, okay, this is what needs to happen. And then I come in as the person, like, okay, do they need to learn this? So now I figure out, like, the tactics and how exactly they're going to, you know, achieve, like, certain goals based off the main goal. So, um yes, yeah,
0: definitely all in kind of yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. okay. And for those Parents or mothers specifically, because mothers are, that's our domain, right? That's the domain of the woman. For those who may not have a mission, right, what would you say they should use as their guiding force or that guiding idea in order to create goals? Because you say create goals but maybe some parents are new, some mothers are new to homeschooling specifically, and they're not sure what to do um, or how to create these goals for their youth. What would you say they should use to initiate the process?
1: Yeah, in in that case, it's, um, it's difficult to, um, for like if you're a single parent. That's why um when it comes to whole school homeschooling, I really look at the holistic aspect. You need all components, you know, in order to to get the best out of the experience. Um because often in, in my experience, a lot of times the parents that are single are the ones that have a difficult time uh coming up with those goals. Whereas that when there's a complete cipher, a complete family they're like on it. They're like, we do this, we do that. And they're the ones like telling, you know, helping the other people like, okay, you can do this and you can do that. So i noticed like a pattern, you know, with that. But if you don't have any, any goals, I would say, um, (laughs) you know, maybe, um, you know, work on, you know, completing that cipher so that you can have that, that mission for your entire family. Um, because, Having that direction, you know, from the, you know, the masculine principle is really, really important. Or else you're not going to know, like, you know, what you're doing it for in the long run. It's just going to be, um, you're just going to be reacting to situations and, and trying to figure out the problems as they come, as opposed to being able to sit back and come, come up with a broad, you know, plan. But, um, I would definitely say utilize your resources, um, Maybe curriculum would be something that you'll look into if you are a single parent, um, right. you know. But, um, yeah, that's, that's,
0: that's what I would so, give. So, ultimately, what you're saying is we're talking about homeschooling, but in reality, homeschooling cannot be functional and balanced if it is happening in, in, with a single parent. It doesn't happen. It can't be effective. That, that's what I'm hearing, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but that's what I'm hearing. In order for it to be effective, it must be, there must be the masculine principle, the feminine principle, and that overarching mission statement for the family is what drives the creating of those goals so that those goals, you can see them planted in the youth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. See the mission reflecting there. All right, good, good, good. I love it. That's beautiful. I have a quote, and I wanted to um, share this quote. This quote, quote is from um, Nation Building by um, Kwame Okoto. Um Education is the ritualized reaffirmation of the national identity. I think we just spoke about that. I don't even like just exactly what you just identify as. You know, homeschooling education ultimately cannot happen without being a reflection of your your the nation or your community or the larger part of what you're a part of, right? But it, again, I'll repeat it: education is the ritualized reaffirmation of national identity. What do you think about that quote? Mm. When it comes to education. I could read on. It says it is anchored in the real and idealized history of a people. The nation's education is shaped and given impetus by the culture and the ideology of that nation. And the the dynamics, the goals, the priorities, the values of that nation.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a beautiful quote cuz that's exactly like what I'm talking about like everything is is holistic.
0: You you're not going to be
1: clear on what the homeschool goal is. You know, if you don't have that culture aspect, if you don't have those values cuz that that kind of tells you like what the purpose is, you know. Um yeah, that that tells you what, <laughs> what the purpose is. Um yeah, that that quote pretty much summarized, like my ideology of Homeschooling, like every component is important because the culture breaks down how one's emotional health needs to be, how one's physical health needs to be, how one, you know, um, mental health needs to be. It breaks down like the standard and the values of what those should look like. So then when you're homeschooling, you can create your uh, the learning experience based off what the culture is saying and so there's no confusion on like I don't know what to do like no you know exactly what to do <laughs> you know exactly what you want to instill in the children and everything so yeah that's a beautiful quote right
0: and this is beautiful just tied it right in and I love it I love it I love it because that means that the message that you're sharing today is not ambiguous it's very clear about your approach to homeschooling so so so. We could probably wrap up, um, but I know I could tell you have so much more to give <laughs> but if you want at this time, you can actually share um, a little bit about some of the resources you do use if you would like to give those gems away, or you can you can tell us about your um, YouTube page where you do share a lot of those gems, and you know the audience can go there. <laughs> to oh. gather-
1: yeah i i do have so many websites and so many resources it's like over like it's so many different websites i have listed but i'll give like my two favorite that i'll always go to um k12 reader.com that's that's the one that i like to go to the whole bunch of different worksheets you can print out like for like many different like so well that that website mostly mostly focuses on um, English and reading but um also k5 um, k5learning.com is another one again so many different subjects so many different worksheets for grades um, I want to say it goes up to fifth grade kindergarten to fifth grade so um, those two websites are definitely my go to um But, yeah, you can definitely go to my YouTube channel (laughs) because I do share information on there. So my YouTube is Sequoia, that's S-E-Q-U-O-Y-A. And you can just type that in and my channel will come right up. Um, I also have a Facebook and Instagram. So on Facebook, um, you can just type in Sequoia Bell. And then for Instagram, it's Sequoia as as well, I believe, S-E-Q-U-O-Y-A. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to um, also um, find my crochet course as well. So um, that is a really good course. It's for beginners. It's a good course for, like, children that want to learn how to crochet. So I try to make it super easy (laughs) so that children can also, you know, get involved with that. But also it's for adults as well, all ages. (laughs) And this is a
0: course on Udemy? Pardon, the course is on Udemy.
1: Yes, the course is on Udemy. If you go to my Instagram and go to my bio and click on the link, then you'll be able to find it. Yes.
0: Take you right to, it'll take you right to her workshop on Udemy. Very good, very good, very good. Any more resources? Or where that we can find you, rather? Any other places that we can find you?
1: No, that'll just be the, the main three. YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: Okay, so I'll make sure to attach those to um, the video. So if any of you are, you know, trying scrambling to write these down, those resources and places that ways to find Sequoia will be placed in um, the video description. I really appreciate you. Thank you for all of your time. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. You know, before we go, I have one I have one thing. One thing, because it's been on my mind at the beginning of the conversation and it's about homeschool collectives what is your position on homeschool collectives um and yeah how what, what have you ever tried a homeschool collective um and if you have tried and decided not to continue with it can you say why
1: yeah uh i think homeschool collectives are awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. Um I have joined uh homeschool collectives Um and I'm in Texas, so we're, we're kind of like in the Bible belt, so a lot of them are um religious based. So um that's one of the reasons why I don't participate in them, but I uh was in the um process of creating um my own with a group of women, but then I ended up moving away. Um but i but i am a part of like facebook groups um different like um i wouldn't call them co-ops but they're different like groups of um homeschool mothers that that go out and do different things and have field trips and you know different things like that so i i think homeschool you know um you know <laughs> i think that uh aspect is really really important so i'm, I'm all, for it. I'm all for it
0: okay beautiful so if you follow her on facebook I'm pretty sure you can maybe ask her a question or two about some of those um, groups, those collectives that she is a part of. I am sure Mima um, Sequoia will be happy to share that with you, you know. Um, I I <laughs> so please go look for her, find out, ask questions, look at some of her videos on YouTube, leave a comment, ask questions. I really appreciate you. Thank you for um, being with us again. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you, Sovereigns, for tuning in. Um, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And also, if you are listening to the podcast, please leave a comment or a big up to um, for Sequoia. All right. Thank you. Okay. Peace, everyone.